welcome to the third episode of Bourbon and Ballers. I'm your host, Mason Jordan. Today, we're going to enjoy a nice glass of bourbon and talk about championship weekend and the final four of the Division One men's lacrosse. Um, so let's get into it. And of course, we're going to start with the bourbon, as always. Uh, no guest uh, star today. I'm by myself, and I'm coming to you live from California. So let's see what we're drinking today. We're going to go with, from my birth state of Colorado, we've got Breckenridge Bourbon Whiskey. What's really cool about this is it's all made with snowmelt water from the Rocky Mountains. Any of you that have had the pleasure of spending time in the mountains of Colorado, skiing, hiking, doing whatever. I lived 14 years there. Nothing beats that snowmelt water from the Rockies. It's the best water I've ever had. Definitely one of the best parts of living in the beautiful Colorado state. So this is coming in at 86 proof. So it's 43% alcohol. It's nothing fancy, but it is smooth. Let's get the uncorking sound. Perfect. In honor of binging Game of Thrones with the past stars of Sam and Ben, I'm drinking out of my I Drink and I Know Things glass. Shout out to Tyrion Lannister. So let's see. On the nose, it's a little harsher than some of the small batches we've had previously. It's still smooth, really sweet smell. Definitely a nice oakiness to it. that coat the tongue so yeah you definitely get the oak right away um not as much caramel as some of the other ones um definitely the water big difference here the just quality of this smooth tasty hits the spot a little vanilla a little bit of butteriness to it but overall great bourbon shout out to colorado Great product and Breckenridge obviously most people know where that is from the ski resort really good I mean it's lower in proof than you know like the bookers I had which was 127 this is only 86 so that's 40 proof less 41 technically but not as harsh easily can put this away but enough of that let's i can talk about whiskey all day i can drink that all day let's get into it so the final four matchups morning game we saw north carolina who was the one seed go off against number four virginia what a game a shootout virginia really came up to play i mean this was unc's game to lose and they lost it you know, the goalie for Virginia in both the semifinal and the championship game played on his head. Great product out of Maryland. He uh, played at St. Paul's with one of my former teammates, Carson Frey, who, if you aren't already, check out their podcast, Blue Dogs Lacrosse. 
will cover lacrosse way more intensely than I will. But great school. And they produced a fine goalie in Rhodes. He was unstoppable. Really a force in the net, which as a former goalie who retired about a month ago, I mean, I respect that way he played. Those saves were not easy saves. They might look easy, but that ball is coming 90-plus every time. And to be able to react and make some of the saves he made was really impressive. Hats off to him. He, he carried them to that championship. But to the UNC game, I mean, that was one of the most high-powered offenses in UNC. Virginia did a great job stopping them, holding them, limiting their opportunities, making them work for it, and ultimately that gave them the one-goal win. Both of the wins we saw from Virginia this weekend were hard-fought wins. So UNC, you know, co-ACC champions with Duke, so they were the one and two seed. Everyone expected them to make it to championship, you know, weekend. Everyone expected to see them play on Memorial Day and Virginia, who's in the ACC, lost to both those teams. Doesn't matter where you rank; it matters where you finish, and they proved that. The other semifinal game you had was Maryland Duke, and it's one of those pulling for Maryland for the majority of this tournament. Once Denver was out, wow, did they bring it to Duke? I mean, Michael Sowers was almost non-existent. Nick Rill shut him down. You know, people are underestimating Nick Grill, his size. You know, will he be able to transition to the PLL? We'll see soon. That starts this weekend. But he shut down Michael Sowers, who was arguably the best player, one of the best players in college lacrosse this year. And he's been key the human Chico, Jared Bernhardt. Did not disappoint. I mean, the stats that guy put up this season were something incredible. That man was able to just, on a very good Duke defense, create separation when people thought there was and a possibility of separation. And the fact that you have someone like Bernhard that can pretty much score on Will, game changer for your offense. Again, Maryland's defense locked it down too. I mean, a 14-5 win in the semifinals. That's a statement victory right there. That shows we're not to be taken lightly. They felt slighted. They were the only undefeated team going into the tournament. And they got the three seed behind the two ACC teams of Duke and Mer- or UNC. And they wanted to prove that they should have been a one or two seed by the way they played against Duke. You know, they were slighted by having to go play at Notre Dame, even though they were the higher seed, won that game. And they were all roads to Memorial Day. They were not looking back. They were not stopping. And it showed in the way they played. Now onto the championship game. We'll focus on that. So Connor Schellenberger for Virginia, he stepped up big. I mean, he had four goals, two assists. As a redshirt freshman, that's that's impressive. I don't care who you are. If you're the biggest Virginia fan, you hate Virginia, know a lot about lacrosse, know nothing. Four goals and two assists on Memorial Day. That's a respectable stat line right there. That's someone that came up to play, especially for a younger guy like Schellenberger. 
And, I mean, this was a high-scoring game, 16-17. Both goalies did what they could, get the stops they could. Defenses did, but you had both teams attacking. People were making plays. Maryland's second-line midfield stepped up huge in that game, trying to keep them in, trying to climb back. And lacrosse is a game of runs. You have, you know, Virginia went on a 5-0 run at some point. You know, Maryland went on three goal runs, four goal runs. And so it was really about not letting those opportunities, you know, you're down five goals. You can't hang your head. You're playing for a title at that point. And both these teams showed a lot of grit, a lot of heart. And ultimately, only one team can win, and that was Virginia. And a lot of that I'm going to say in this might seem biased as a former goalie myself, but Rhodes, Rhodes deserves to be, you know, arguably the top goalie in lacrosse after the way he played. He made tons of saves. He kept Virginia in that game and gave them the opportunity to win. Now, again, that's where you give your hat off to both him and Schellenberger because it doesn't matter if your goalie keeps them below 10 I mean, yeah, Rhodes led in seven, 16, but you need the offense on the other end to score. And it was a one-goal game, and that one goal, that's the difference maker right there. So you need the opportunities, and Virginia was attacking. So it was a really exciting game to watch. Definitely one of the better championship weekends. Virginia did get the chance to go back-to-back. Really put a statement out there. And they beat one of the best teams in the country. Big Ten champions, you know, they had the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year with Nick Grill, who still, I think, he played a hell of a game. And so to keep up with that, Maryland should not be discouraged. If anything, Maryland has more to prove next season. Um, they will probably lose Jared Bernhardt, who is either going to play in the PLL this season or will be going to play option quarterback. We'll see very soon what that decision is since the PLL starts this weekend off in uh, Gillette Stadium. And that's going to be interesting seeing how some of those guys, because there's a lot that played in Memorial Day weekend that are having to transition very quickly from going for a national title to playing in the pros. So you got Nick Rill going to the Whip Snakes. You got, you know, Bernhardt who may or may not be going to the uh, chaos, depending on if he plays option quarterback or if he decides he wants to play pro lacrosse. You got Michael Sowers. He's going to go play for the Water Dogs. You know, they lost Ryan Drenner in the expansion draft, so he could be huge in replacing someone like him. Uh, you know, another Duke player, he's going to the Chrome. Their defender, Giles Harris. You know, Docs Aiken, midfielder for UVA, who was crucial in that win as well. I mean... Wasn't as much of a threat in some of the other their games, but him and Schellenberger, they helped seal that championship, get themselves a ring. And now we can look on playing on the Atlas. 
who you know was my former favorite PLL team until they got rid of Scotty Rogers. Who, for those that don't know, I wear the I wore the number forty two in his honor. He's someone I truly looked up to. So I'm hoping the Atlas can win me back, but it was definitely hard to see them cut him. I know it's a business. I know it's part of the game. But that man was really an icon that inspired me to play goalie and play goalie the way I do. Of you know, in the weight room more than some people would suggest. I'm in the weight room, pushing my body to be tougher. You know, the big rig mentality, right? But let's see who else we got. You know, you got midfielder Tanner Cook. He's gonna be on the chaos as well. Jared Bernhardt, chaos if he decides to not play option quarterback, which I get football's his passion. That's what he played in high school. But if I was him, go to the PLL. You are something special that this game hasn't seen in a while. I mean, when you're being compared by the Maryland head coach to the Matt Rambos, that that's someone to be honored to be compared to. And, man, I hope... I hope we see Jared Bernhardt in the PLL this summer because he's going to be someone special to watch and watch him develop. He's going to have a hell of a career. And of course, you got Charlie Bernhardt. He's going to the Redwoods, who are going to be a scary team with two great goaltender opportunities. I heard Kelly's back and healthy. We haven't seen him since he played in the World Championships and won USA a gold medal. And they also still got Timmy Troutner, so that's going to be a great goalie battle to watch this season. And with the addition of TD Ireland, so you know, now that Greg Gurillion's gone, they took a season off, replaced their face-off guy. So watch the Redwoods could be a sneaky opponent there. Obviously, you got Nick Grill going to the Whip Snakes. I mean, I don't think people count Nick Rell out way too easily just because of his height. Height is important, but the heart that Grill plays with, I mean, we saw him shut down people like Sowers. He's a shutdown defender that I think he's up for any challenge you put in front of him and do not count Nick Rill out. So that'll be interesting, I mean... We got a lot of good lacrosse looking forward to this summer. I mean, who would have thought a year ago at the height of a pandemic, we would have, you know, the cost lacrosse players this season. I felt it. I was a part of it. I lost my junior season six games in. And it was truly cool to watch a full season lacrosse play a full season lacrosse this year and then get to watch lacrosse return back to Memorial Day weekend. You know, it's a nice sign that we're returning to normalcy. And it's a great game, and to watch the growth of the game is impressive. What the uh, PLL has done for the game is something remarkable. There was always the MLL, but playing in pros was never a high possibility. It was kind of a side job a lot of players took. So to see the PLL give the players of lacrosse who dedicate hundreds of thousands of hours to their craft a chance to go and play true high level professional lacrosse it's great to watch 
They have a you know television deal, so if you haven't watched a PLL game, make sure to watch a few this summer. Pick a team. I mean, there's only eight teams in the league right now, and the amount of competition is saturated. So every game's a good game. Every team has a chance to win. And there's a lot of top players that should be playing professionally that just won't make rosters because there's just so much competition. And so I definitely recommend anyone that has the opportunity, sees a game on TV, give it a chance. It's going to be a summer to remember because this is only the third season. With COVID, you know, last year they did the championship series, which amazing to watch. It's amazing because it was the same time as the NHL playoffs. So I could go from watching my Flyers to watching lacrosse, watching more hockey. So to watch their second full true season play out will be very cool to watch. The player engagement, too, is amazing. And, you know, they really reach out to the community. They do camps. I'd make sure to watch it if you get the chance. Grab yourself a nice glass of bourbon. Sit down, relax. I mean, obviously the Whip Snakes are, again, the favors, the three-peat. And they just added more talent. I mean, they got Ryan Tierney, who's a hell of a player as well. And he's going to just be on an even more stacked offense. You're going to see Connor Fields with the Archers. And going to be some really incredible games. You got the Atlas that had some older talent. They traded away, you know, Pinnell, Rabel. So to watch them rebuild around some younger guys like Jeff Teat, Brian Constable, see the direction that they take will be good. I mean, Drew Brees is a fan of the PLL, so if that doesn't speak to the level of competition, his sons play lacrosse now. So it's a great way, if you aren't a lacrosse fan already, try to watch some this summer. Grow the game a bit. If you already are a lacrosse fan, try to play some summer league. Watch the games. Give them some support. Follow them on social media. And that was a wrap for College Lacrosse in the year 2021. So hopefully the way this championship went, I'm really looking forward to next year. This was, you know, had the highest scoring championship game ever. And the ability of the athletes that are playing the college game now just keeps getting better and better each year. So we're going to see some really good championship weekends. So that's going to be all for me. This episode, I'm going to finish this delicious glass of Breckenridge bourbon, watch some playoff hockey, which we will be talking about next episode as the road to the Stanley Cup gets tighter and tighter. We're starting to see some second-round games. We'll talk about all of that next episode. So stay tuned. Thank you for listening, and enjoy your week.